0: So just yesterday, the SBA's Office of Advocacy released some data that I think is pretty important, and it's it's from 2018, which I guess is the most current year they have, but um, veterans own nearly 2 million small businesses in America, and of those, they employed 5.2 million people in 2018, and the total employer sales of veteran-owned small businesses reached $1.27 trillion in 2018. They also had an annual payroll, veteran-owned small businesses, of $232.6 billion. So it's a pretty big uh, piece of the entrepreneurial community that takes place from veteran owners.
1: That's Chris Hearn, the founder and CEO of Fountainhead, a small business administration-approved, nationwide, non-bank, direct commercial lending firm that specializes in providing growth financing for business owners. He and his executive team have collectively closed over $24 billion worth of projects, making them one of the most experienced teams in commercial lending to owners of small to mid sized businesses. Coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran
0: on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe,
1: or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Navy Federal can help you get started on your next home improvement project. They offer a home equity line of credit with convenient access to funds when you need them at a variable rate. You can also get a fixed rate equity loan that has set monthly payments for large purposes. Check them out at NavyFederal.org. All right, we're talking with Chris Hearn, founder and CEO of Fountainhead, the nation's leading non-bank small business lender. So, Chris, thanks for being here today. Uh, doing some great things with Fountainhead, and as every business owner knows you can always use more money. So looking forward to talking about that. Uh, before we do, take us back and tell us uh, a little bit about your background and all the various uh places you've worked that ultimately led up to how you got into business, small business funding?
0: Sure. Well, thanks for having me first, Joe. Um, so I've been working, as I like to say, since I was about seven years old. I've had lots and lots of jobs. A lot of them have been entrepreneurial in nature, started a lot of businesses. Um, Fountain has actually my second um, non-bank finance company that I've started in this space. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sold the first one. I started in no two, sold it in 2010 to a bank stuck around for almost four years and then left after I tried to buy it back and started Fountainhead about six months later. So it's uh, it's been a little bit of a, a journey, but I, I come from an entrepreneurial background. My mother actually was a chocolatier, um, probably violated every health code there was and that we we operated it out of the kitchen and the basement. And I learned a lot of sales and marketing stuff in that regard. Uh, later, I helped her uh, pass a real estate agent. Uh, exam. Um, I'm, I'm from a single, single mother, uh, raised myself and my, and my younger brother. So, um, uh, just a variety of different things. I had a, had a t-shirt business that I sold, uh, kind of snarky t-shirt, uh, messages in college. Um, You know, went to grad school, out out of grad school. I actually worked for a high tech uh, startup in Northern Virginia before that was fashionable to do. And uh, after a couple of years, a recruiter came calling from GE Capital. My my master's degree was in business. So I went over there and started immediately working in the small business lending group at GE, which at the time was the largest non-bank lender in the world. And um, they moved my wife and I to Orlando, Florida. That's been 25 years ago. And uh, I got out of the business after a few years, was a management consultant for a couple of years, and then had a uh, had a beer at a bar with a buddy of mine who convinced me to get back into the lending game. Uh, Like like any, uh, any great story, you know, a a friend with a beer at the bar is uh, seems to be how it sometimes happens. But um, where it all starts. yeah. So I decided to do it, but I wanted to do it my way. And so I wanted to actually have my own company if I was going to do this. And that's exactly what I've done now twice. So that's a real quick summary of, of how I got to where I'm at, Joe.
1: That's awesome. Hey, so you're just, so you're in Orlando. Yes. Yes. Right, just down the road or yeah, I'm in uh, Daytona beach. We moved here. Oh, okay. Little yeah. Yeah. yeah ago, so. the office is in Lake Mary actually. So. Okay. Cool. We're halfway between. Yeah. All right. Awesome. All right. So, um, I just want to throw this out there and see what what your reaction or what your opinion is. If there's one thing, you know, veterans when they get out of the military, military community, they, they, you know, when they try to start a business in the military, when they get out, there's one thing that we usually don't have a grasp of or a very good understanding of, and that's money. I mean, we understand what getting the paycheck is and going and spending it, but we don't understand money is a very high finance is a huge thing. And, most folks right. in the military don't get much experience, too. We, we know how to spend money and how to figure out how much money's left in the budget before the end of the fiscal right. year that we got to go blow before the end of the fiscal year. But <laughs> we don't understand high finance and the power of money. Talk a little bit about like your philosophy and, and you know, how important it is to understand, um, you know, to have money on your side.
0: Well, um, I would say I I know this intimately because my my son is now a U.S. Marine and he's uh, he's now having to budget and he continues to tell me, hey, I don't have to cover – housing and, and uh, you know, the room and board basically. And I said, yeah, but you got a lot of other stuff you got to keep track of. Uh-huh. So um, I think what I see is we've, we've been financing small businesses. I've been in this industry for over 23 years now. I've done finance literally hundreds of thousands of small business owners, particularly during the pandemic with PPP, we were the sixth most active lender out there. But um, I really like to finance veterans. Um, I like to get them on the journey to entrepreneurship. Um, it's no secret to you, Joe. I mean, obviously veterans tend to be much more disciplined than the the general populace at large. They're, they're used to, um, you know, sort of operating on on very uh, fairly rigid systems, processes, things like that, which actually works really well in the franchise world, because that's what you're buying is sort of a business in a box. If you follow sure. the rules, follow the system, you should get replicatable results. So, um, But in, in general, I find that um, that's both a good thing and a bad thing. And what I mean by that is sometimes veterans can be a little more rigid than the entrepreneurial space. Um, would require. And, yeah. and what I mean by that is, is uh, entrepreneurialism is is, uh, is ever-changing. No days are the same. Um, and it really takes a certain knack of adaptability. And while that does work in some places in the military it doesn't always work in some places in the military so which is why i've seen some of the best success happen with franchises with a veteran wanting to purchase a franchise and, mm-hmm. and by the way the name of the game in franchising is you, can't, you can you you're not going to make a lot of money with just one location you have to do multiple locations to really get those economies of scale but mm-hmm. um, you know to to your point i mean i don't know that SBA financing is high finance, but it, it's certainly uh, much more beneficial than a lot of the other options that are out there for a veteran trying to, to own a business, whether they want to acquire a business or start a business. Um, if you go the conventional, ordinary bank route, it can be a lot more challenging. Uh, oftentimes, they don't like to finance startups, if that's something uh, that your audience would be interested in. Um, they oftentimes don't finance business acquisitions, which, of course, is an is a easy way to get into um, ownership of a business. But uh, and then oftentimes they have much higher down payment requirements, much shorter terms, which impacts your cash flow. So I just find that SBA financing tends to be a lot more user friendly uh, to to the typical entrepreneur who wants to who wants to get in and start a business.
1: Can you explain a little bit about what the SBA lending process is all mm-hmm. about? So and. And the relationship, where do you come in? You're an SBA lender, and people think of the SBA, Small Business Administration, as, oh yeah, you go get a loan from from the SBA. Well, the SBA doesn't actually loan money, and that's 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 where guys like you come in.
0: Yeah, they don't loan money at all, except for when a tornado levels a a town in kansas they they do show up and they hand out checks along with fema but Mm. in general sba does not lend any money um it was kind of a a weird situation over the last couple years because a lot of business owners are able to get eidl loans those are those are disaster loans and that is what is lent directly from SBA. That's similar to like that Kansas town, mm-hmm. but in general, SBA doesn't lend money. It's a good thing. They haven't lent money since the 1980s. It was a disaster when they did. <laughs> so um, what they do is they they work with private sector lenders, such as myself, uh, and they basically guarantee the funding that we do. They give us what's called a government guarantee. It's basically, uh, think of it kind of like an insurance, um, uh, you know, that they've got on the loans that we make, and and they're not 100%. Uh, typically, the SBA 7A, which is the largest program, it's the most versatile SBA loan, uh, that typically has a 75% government guarantee. So, the, So the U.S. taxpayers helping us Perhaps take a little bit more risk than we otherwise would, and in return, we've got a 75% guarantee on that loan should go bad. We still have risk, of course, and and we share that risk with with SBA. If uh, if we have to liquidate, you know, it's a 75 25 split on the proceeds. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it's uh, but it allows us to do things, um, I guess, a little bit better than what you would get from a bank. What I mean by that is we're able to go a little bit longer on the repayment terms. We're able to take a much lower down payment. Uh, We typically don't have any loan covenants, which nobody cares about that in good times, but in bad economic times, or as we're headed towards bad economic times, people start to learn how powerful a bank's loan covenants can be in terms of You know, them having the right to kick you out of their portfolio if you don't meet certain covenants and and just a variety of different things. So, those are the real benefits, I think, of SBA lending. Um, You know, 7As can be used for business acquisitions, can be used for startups working capital, uh, buying out a partner, equipment financing, owner-occupied commercial real estate financing, you know, anything related to a franchise. I mean, it's, it's very, very versatile. The other program that SBA has is what's called a 504, and that's almost exclusively related to owner-occupied or owner-operated commercial real estate. So those are the two main programs from SBA.
1: Interesting. All right, hold that thought. We're gonna take a quick break, be right back. If your new year's resolution has anything to do with fixing up your house, The Navy Federal can help you get started on your next home improvement project. They offer a home equity line of credit with convenient access to funds when you need them at a variable rate. You can also get a fixed-rate equity loan that has set monthly payments for large purchases. Consolidating debt with a home equity loan could also streamline and lower your monthly payments. And for those of us who may have spent a little too much over the holidays, Navy Federal Credit Union can help you pay down that credit card debt. You could get a low intro APR on balance transfers with their Platinum credit card. It's their lowest rate card, and it's a great tool to pay down debt. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Our members are the mission. Navy Federal is federally insured, equal housing lending, membership required, loan subject to approval. Call 1-888-842-6328 for details about credit costs and terms. HELOC APR as low as 6.5% as of November 23rd. Hey, we're back talking with Chris Hearn, founder and CEO of Fountainhead, talking about SBA loans, Chris. So what is it that the SBA and the lender are looking for from a business owner if they want to loan, if they're looking to get a, a business loan? Like, in other words, if you're the business owner, or we can talk about buying a business um, here in a minute too, which is a great thing. If, if you're a business owner, What do you need to look like and what do your books need to look like in order to be successful at getting an SBA loan?
0: So I would say um, SBA has guidelines for private sector lenders like us. So by the way, we're a non-depository institution, so we have a special license from the government. There's only 14 entities like us, eight of which of us are for profit. So we don't operate like a bank or a credit union in some respects, because we're not we're not looking to move your accounts to us or provide other banking products or services. We're, we're laser focused just on providing SBA loans. So what does that, that give you?
1: Yeah. So is that a benefit to someone is, looking to get a business loan? I think it is because, uh, yeah, we don't have some of the
0: constraints that, that our competitors do. Um, you know, we, we are much faster than a bank in terms of approving a deal or closing a deal. Mm -hmm. We have much higher touch service. Uh, than a typical banquet where you might be a number. For us, it's very meaningful. We don't make any money until the transaction closes. So you can understand that we have the same sense of urgency as most of our borrowers to get to the closing table. Um, You know, we're super specialized. This is what we know. I think we're the best at what we do. Um, Banks oftentimes are offering 30, 40 different products and services. Kind of the jack of all trades, master of none concept, mm-hmm. and then we're just we're just very sincere in terms of what we do. We're very passionate. For my team and I, this isn't just about a paycheck. This is about trying to expand prosperity through entrepreneurship. That's what we're passionate about. We think that entrepreneurs have done done more things for our society than any politician probably ever has. Um, mm-hmm. So it's you know it's our responsibility to try and help expand. This sector of the economy that employs almost half of all Americans in the U.S. and a lot of people don't realize that. So that's that's how we differ. Um, I call it the, the four S's: you know, speed, service, specialization, sincerity. Uh, <laughs> I might have come up with a fifth S a couple of weeks ago. Joe called soul, but we can talk about that some <laughs> other time. Yep. But to, to your question about. SBA and what it's looking for. So what we do is, because we're so specialized in this, we don't overlay uh, an internal credit policy on top of the SBA's SOP, standing operating procedure, which is what a lot of banks and credit unions do. It makes us kind of unique. So in that regard, we we do have a minimum FICO score, for instance, but SBA doesn't, okay? A lot of the people we compete against have a very rigid FICO score, and if you're below that, you're on automatic decline. Mm-hmm. For us, we can be a little more flexible. Our minimum score is a 620, but have we financed people in the 580s, 590s? Sure, but mm-hmm. it's a story and we've got documentation that backs up the story. So we can, mm-hmm. we can be a little more flexible in that regard. Another thing that SBA looks for particularly if you're an existing business, but even on a projected basis, if you're going to start up a business, they want to see a minimum debt service coverage ratio 1.15 times. Now, before your eyes glaze over, what that means is, is that the business throws off enough cash to service all their existing debt on an annualized basis, plus the proposed debt. So think of it like they want to see the business throw off at least $1.15 for every dollar of debt, annual debt payments, if that makes makes it simple. Okay. And so they want to see that historically on an existing business, um, or they want to see that on a projected basis on a startup. And if it's a startup, then then an, an applicant would have to submit a business plan as well as detailed assumptions to back up the financials in the, in the business plan. If it's just an existing business, that's not necessarily gonna be the case. Although if you acquire an existing business, again, SBA wants to see a business plan with detailed assumption on a go forward basis. So yeah. those are some of the, the things that they're looking for. Um, other than that, you know, they wanna see at least minimum injection in most cases of 10%, of the project costs. So, um, but we can we can work with, if you're buying a business, if there's a seller involved, obviously, we can we can work with you to try and have them uh, put up a seller note for up to half of the down payment. That happens a lot. Um, we do a lot of business debt refinances or consolidation. In those cases, we don't need a down payment. And that's just us basically improving the overall cash flow for the business by, by refinancing existing business debt and reamortizing it. It makes a big difference. So those are some of the things that I
1: would say, Joe. Let's talk a little bit about buying an existing business instead of starting one from scratch. So an SBA statistic, correct me if I'm wrong, 80 over 80% of startups fail, but 80% of existing businesses will keep on succeeding because they already exist. Right. So if you look at the numbers, you, you got an 80% better chance of, of winning if you buy an existing business. And, um, a lot of these small businesses, you know, there's a there's a big turnover going on all across America. You have a, yes. you have the the baby boomer generation is aging out. You have a lot of, <clears throat> I use this example a lot of, you have a lot of trades, you have a lot of HVAC companies, electrical, plumbing, a lot of service type companies that have been family owned for decades and maybe even multiple generations. And these these people are aging out and they want to retire and they want to walk away, but they don't want to. They want their company to keep on going uh, a lot yep. of them are a lot of these companies might might employ fifty or a hundred people in a small town. you know it's a huge impact on that on that town, and they don't want they kind of want to sell but you know um from a business broker friend of mine back in Kansas City we've been talking with for a while he said every business is for sale, but most of the owners don't, wouldn't want anybody to know it. <laughs> They're right, not going to put right. it for sale sign in the front yard because has a huge impact on their, on their employees. Um, so if a, if a scenario can be presented to a business, a successful business owner um, that doesn't leave their employees hanging out and, and they know that the business is going to fr- thrive and succeed, um, and and it will can still contribute to the small town it can do a lot for getting getting a good deal on a great on a great business that's existed for a long time and has a great track record and um some good folks that I was associated with in Kansas City they were they were bringing in the veteran as a solution to that problem they're like we bring in a trusted veteran who's got a couple years of business experience under their belt already post military they're going to come in and buy your business They're going to take care of it. They're going to take your employees and everyone's going to live happily ever after. And, and the owner will be well compensated and be able to ride off into the sunset. It's the, it's the ideal scenario. And they were using the veteran as the solution as the possible solution for that. Um, Talk about the difference between getting funding and SBA loans for an existing business versus a startup.
0: Well, I mean, look. the The difference is if 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 your audience wants to get into uh, being a business owner, I mean, there's really there's there's the pathway of you either start it up, which as you said, that's a bit riskier because you don't have you don't have a brand, you don't have employees when you're starting up, you don't have. Uh, you have a proving yourself in the marketplace, you don't have any customers, you don't have any profits. I mean, so there's there's a lot of hurdles if you're doing a true startup versus if you're acquiring a business that's that's been operational for years, like in your example, um, you have a lot of that already in place. You know, you hopefully have a reputation in the marketplace, you've already got skilled employees, you hopefully have some profits and revenues, etc. So that is a an easier path in, in many ways, and it's why uh, the bulk of what we finance these days actually are business acquisitions, Joe. So we're I, I call it the silver tsunami that you're referring to, which is all these baby boomers. I think <laughs> it's something like nine thousand a day for the next seven years are retiring, and they own fifty seven percent of all the business small businesses in America. So there's going to be this huge, huge turnover. Um, but you know, to this to the scenario that you're talking about, I mean, again, as we said at the beginning of, of the hour, it's you know, I think for a lender like us, we we like to help finance on, um, veterans getting into entrepreneurship, but it also helps if they've got some relevant experience in business. Sure. You know, if they if they've actually been responsible for a profit and loss statement, mm-hmm. you know, in a division of the company that makes it much, it gives us much higher level of confidence yeah. that they can acquire that business. Yeah. It's and not right, the best
1: correctly. thing for somebody who comes right out of the military and tries to right. jump one exactly. in, into one of those, but you, right. you have right. to have a few years of business experience under your belt for that, for it that helps. to be a good scenario. Yeah. It um, definitely helps. Yeah. And then the other option is
0: sometimes, um you know, one of the, one of the proceeds that we can finance uh, with SBA uh, guarantees is is to do a, what's called a partner buyout. Sometimes uh, you know if you're buying out your existing partner, um, SBA is also a, a great option for financing. But I, I think I would caution your audience, Joe, that you know if they're acquiring an existing business, um, there's really two ways to do it. You either, well, three ways. You either pay cash, which is probably not the best stewardship of your cash, your capital. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get seller financing, or you can get SBA financing. Ordinary conventional bank financing for business acquisition is almost impossible out there. So it's probably not even worth anybody's time to go down that path. Hmm. But there's pluses and minuses to both of these. You know, with seller financing, the issue is going to be you can probably get the transaction closed quicker, but the problem is going to be oftentimes sellers, because they're financing it, they're going to want a bigger uh, upfront down payment. Okay. Oftentimes, because they don't really want to finance it, they'll often have a much shorter repayment term. And of course, that's problematic because that's going to pinch your cash flow. Mm -hmm. Um, And then sometimes because of those dynamics, because the buyer may not have too many other options, they oftentimes will price the business much higher than perhaps what an independent third party would value the business at. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one side, it can happen quicker, okay. but you have some of these downsides. On the SBA side, yes, it's going to take a little bit longer timeframe to go from, from start to finish, but you're going to be able to put a lot less money down, typically 10% of the project costs. You're typically going to have a 10-year repayment term. Which which is the longest you're going to find for business acquisition, um, and you're going to you're going to end up paying probably less than in your interest rate than what a seller would want. Okay, and you'll have a lender like us has to SBA requirement has to go and have. A business evaluation done to determine the price to see if it's fair or not. Just like you know, if you if you buy a house, you got to have an appraiser come mm-hmm. out and, and tell you if the purchase price is is accurate or not. Same thing happens with a business acquisition with SBA financing. So, so those are sort of the pluses on the SBA side of, of the financing situation.
1: Mm-hmm. How how often do you run into uh, small businesses are are typically structured to? Their books are structured to reduce their tax burden, which makes it look like they're not worth as much as maybe they might be when they go to yeah. sell the business. So they have to re- restructure the, how they're doing their books to make it look like they don't have so many expenses.
0: Yeah, so I guess um, I run into this all the time, as you can imagine. Nobody likes to pay taxes. I get it, <laughs> um, but the problem is, I tell I tell entrepreneurs or business owners this all the time. You know, the year before you want to have an event right? An event being sell the business or go get financing or what have you. Um, you're going to have to bite your tongue a little bit and and probably pay more in taxes. You're probably going to have to show more profits mm-hmm. than you want perhaps in a normal year. And when we're doing a business acquisition um, project, we, we, a lot of times we'll do sort of pre approve these for the business broker. Uh, in the community uh, to determine, you know, yes, this this company is eligible for SBA financing. It meets all the financial conditions, et cetera. But I oftentimes will see things like, um, you know, people just running every expense they can through the business. And some of that we can add back in terms of our debt service coverage ratio calculation, um, but not all of it, but, but I've seen it all, Joe. I mean, I've seen people running, you know, life insurance and every car payment and, you know, every, <laughs> every food and drink thing through the business. And, and again, it's, uh, it's all the purpose is to obviously minimize their tax burden, but it, it can cause problems, uh, when you have, when you go to have one of these events, because as a lender uh, who's, who's utilizing, um, the SBA guarantee, and by the way, we make our own underwriting decisions. We're one of them. There's only about 10% of all SBA participating lenders that have a special designation from the government. It's called preferred lending partner. And we have one of those, which allows us to make the decisions much, much faster. But the problem is when you run into that situation, um, we have to go by the financials that are given to us. You know, we have to go by the tax returns. We can't You know, and and we pull tax transcripts to verify that the tax returns given to the IRS, business and personal, are the same ones that are given to us. Mm -hmm. A couple of times a year, you'd be surprised. There's a huge divergence there. Um, And somebody will tell me, well, oh, I sent you the wrong set of books. Well, again, that's you don't want to hear that as a lender. You want to you want to deal with people that are above board, a good character, people that, you know. It is what it is. There's only one set of books and that's what I sent yeah. you.
1: Yeah. If they're, so, if they're hiding stuff up front, it makes you wonder what else they're really hiding too.
0: Yeah. And then actually I, I would be concerned for our applicant. Like, you know, what else has the seller not told you about buying this business? You know, maybe there was a contract that you were real excited about you had recurring revenue, but maybe you didn't realize that the contract's about to expire uh, and the seller right. didn't bother to tell you, for instance. I mean, there's a variety of scenarios that we can come up with, but yeah.
1: yeah. One of the scenarios, I don't know if you've run across this one with some of the, some of the logic behind trying to bring veterans in to acquire these small companies um, that especially been around a long time is a lot of them, they had government contracts like state government yeah. contracts or federal or, or DOD type contracts. And part sure. of the deal with the contract was it's got to be veteran owned or it's got to right. be service disabled, veteran, minority women, so, you know, right. all those categories. And the, if, 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 if a non-veteran bought the company, they were automatically going to lose one of their biggest contracts that funded the company. Right. So did you ever run into that?
0: I do. And I've, uh, we've financed a lot of, of government contractors over the years. Uh-huh. Yeah. For exactly this reason, they it, it's very alluring as you can imagine for somebody mm-hmm. to get and to be, to be, have that designation so that they can try to bid for those contracts. But once they have them, obviously they want to, they want to keep them. But yeah, I've, I've had some very good friends, that have been in the military, some, some special forces folks that do a lot of government contract work. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. They wouldn't get it if it weren't for that. So it's um, it to us again, it's a, it's a benefit when we finance an entry.
1: Yeah. Um, So just continuing on, what are some other things that come to mind or a piece of advice? I'm curious, like if when you, when you first start looking at a business, you've been doing this long enough, like, do you have a sense within the first five minutes about whether this is going to, whether this is going to work or not? I mean, have you done it enough to know that?
0: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, assuming the information I've given is accurate then yeah, yeah, I I can kind of back the envelope and figure something out in about five
1: minutes. Like, like what is it that can you quantify that? Like, like what is it? Like, is it, is it the owner or is it how organized their books are or the, the type of business they're in, or like, what are some of the things that are like triggers for you? If, if you can put that into words about, Oh yeah, this, this is good. Or there's no way.
0: <laughs> well, I, I mean, look, it's because of the type of lending that we do SBA lending. We're not, we're not really collateral based lenders. Okay. Okay. You know, you've probably heard of hard money lenders who, mm-hmm. you know, if you have enough equity in your heavy equipment or your real estate, they'll loan you money, but they're going to charge you high fees and much higher interest rate, et cetera. Mm-hmm. balloon it. Um, that's not how SBA is. SBA is what's called cash flow lenders. So mm-hmm. we're mostly, almost exclusively looking at the financials that were presented, uh, the operating business financials, to make sure it at least hits that one one five debt service coverage ratio. Um, but then we're also taking a look at the at the person, um, you know, the principals, anybody with a 20% or more ownership, and making sure that they're paying themselves enough to cover their own personal obligations. And they obviously, um, you know, pull out enough income yeah. from the business that they're going to be able to, to live, right, mm-hmm. to put food on the table. So those are some of the things that we look at. I look at, um, even though it's it's not a a great representation. I do look at um, FICO scores, and, and more importantly, we dig into the to the credit reports to determine, you know, have have we had recent late payments or charge offs or things like that, bankruptcies, all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And what I'm what I'm trying to do there is is basically just trying to see if this is a good repayment risk. You know, if they've had a history of of meeting their debt obligations, if if they've paid off. Uh, their creditors. That's important to me as as a new potential creditor. So I want to make sure they've got a good track record of having done that. Um, you know, I, I want to make sure you know they're they're being realistic about various things. Like you know, one of the requirements we have with SBA lending is we have to get a personal financial state from the uh, f- personal financial statement from the principals. Um, you know. I want to make sure they're not overinflating things. Invariably, some of the uh, some of the borrowers that we don't finance are convinced that their business is always worth a million dollars or ten million dollars or, or pick, pick your number. <laughs> um, and we always kind of chuckle and obviously discount it. It's it's a regular occurrence, but um, you know, I, I'm just looking for people to be straight with us. You know, sure. and if and if they're straight with us um, and they've presented the information that we ask for in a reasonable time frame. Um, then we're going to bend over backwards to try to figure out a way mm-hmm. to say yes to that transaction. That's not always the case with my banking brethren. A lot of times, you know, they look for ways to say no because mm-hmm. they're so concerned about a loan going bad. Yeah. And if you're a chief credit officer at a bank or you're on the loan committee of a bank, you know, the best loan you can make is the one that doesn't go bad. So consequently, the best loan sometimes to make is no loan at all because it can't go bad. Sure. Well, that's not that's not how we're wired. You know, we're as I said earlier, we're we're trying to help as many small business owners as we can. So we're we just come from a different place, a different mindset. We're trying to figure out ways to say yes to a deal. Um, we've had so many different scenarios over the years. My, my team has over 400 years of SBA lending experience, which is, which is pretty remarkable. We just figured that out about a month ago. Um, so we've seen just about every scenario there is, and we have a lot of mitigants that we, that we will try, um, to make that deal, uh, go. Mm -hmm. And uh, not everybody does that in our, in our space. Yeah.
1: You You talk about how to value your business. What's the rule of thumb you, you use in, in your lending to value a business, uh, is it a factor of revenue, a factor of profit? It's a, it's a combination of things. There's no there's
0: no precise formula per se, and 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 I'm not somebody who who uh, evaluates business values for a living. Um, but we do we know enough to be dangerous, I suppose, and we know enough to verify the information that we're given. So uh, typically, small businesses are sold as a multiple of EBITDA, you know, earnings before interest, tax, and amortization. Uh, depreciation amortization. So, um, you know, three to four times is, is often fairly normal, but again, it really depends on how much recurring revenue, um, you know, How long do they have contracts? Are they long-term contracts? Mm -hmm. You know, are, is there a diversity of the revenue stream or does somebody have, you know, 85% of their gross income comes from one government contract? That's problematic. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, what's, what's their net margin? How long have they been doing this? What kind of competitors they have? Are the competitors large or small? I mean, there's just a a variety of things that goes, that goes into this. You know, if they're, um, you know, if they're more IT related versus something that's a little more. tangible of a business that can cause an issue in terms of valuation. So there's just, there's just a variety of things. And, and I would, I would go back to something you said before, which is, you know, business owners, when they're done, when they're ready to hang it up, right? So maybe you're a dentist and you've, and your back's hurting because you've been bending over for 30 plus years. I mean, there's really only a couple options, right? So you either shut down the business and that's it or you sell the business, or maybe you could gift it to your kids. You know, that's a whole nother tax strategy to do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, most business owners, all these baby boomers are going to be retiring. They, they would like to get one more bite at the apple and sell the business. So that's where all this stuff comes into play. And there's going to be a tremendous amount of businesses that are going to change hands over the next decade and it's a it's a huge opportunity not just for somebody who wants to get into this space who wants to be a business owner but even someone who's an existing business owner there's going to be opportunities to buy a competitor, to buy someone down the street that's, that could, you know, improve a new business line for you, a variety of different things like that. So it's, um, it's a pretty exciting time. And that's why we've gone so heavy into financing business acquisitions, because it's just a, it's a huge opportunity. And there's not that many lenders out there that are really uh, buoyed up about doing this.
1: Cool. All right. So if somebody's interested in uh, Fountainhead financial lending for their small business, how would they go about finding you guys?
0: Uh, well, we're all over the web, as you can imagine. So fountainheadcc.com is our website, fountainheadcc.com. Um, you know, we're on every social media. That we have a lot of good information out there, very educational information. we got our own YouTube channel, for instance. There's hundreds of videos on there with you know, hundreds of thousands of hours being watched. So there's a lot of good information there. Um, if they follow us on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter or even Instagram, that's probably our, our most current information that we put out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, just, you know, hit up our website or one of the social media sites. And uh, if it's something of interest to you, we, we'd love to try and help you. And, and by the way, I don't think we talked about this, Joe, but we've had a ongoing promotion for someone who's a veteran that we actually take $5,000 off closing costs if awesome. someone finances their transaction through us and that's that's really? not incidental i mean a typical uh, real commercial real estate appraisal is probably going to run you 2500 to 4500 so uh-huh. that's that's just that um, and then different searches and other things so it's um you know it's something again we like to we like to give a hand up to veterans and, and help them get into the business um, world because we just think this is this is really powerful this is mm-hmm. this is how you uh, increase prosperity and, and move a society forward as, as it happens through business ownership and, and employing
1: people. Awesome. That's great. Well, Chris, thanks for uh, sharing your entrepreneurial success story and uh, you have a w- wealth of information. Me. And, uh, you know, definitely if you're looking into some some type of small business uh, funding through, especially through the SBA, make sure you look up fountainheadcc.com.
0: Well, I appreciate you having me on. And, and by the way, we should say, the reason I've got my U.S. jersey on is because we're recording this before, uh, <laughs> before the third game in the World Cup where we're going to play uh, Iran, Iran. Iran. I'm not sure what, how we're supposed to pronounce it these days, but yeah. I'm saying so Iran. exciting. There you go.
1: All right. right. Take care. Thanks, thanks Chris. You. Appreciate all you all sharing your success me. story. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.